Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? Big show today, your moral high ground or practicing justice and mercy. It's kind of a double-edged uh, title thing that I'm doing. Uh, last week, we did contempt. Thank you all <laughs> for showing your contempt for the Contempt Podcast. Uh, one good faithful listener writes in, Listen to Removing Contempt this AM. Transformational content. As such, I suspect most people will avoid it like herpes. <laughs> um, appreciate that. Appreciate all the other emails and uh, texts that I got on that one. These aren't easy. This one will not be easy. They're deeply challenging. The reason I do it is I'm deeply challenged by them. So I'm not going to put out any shit that does not uh, have me wading through it, too. And uh, as such, I, I I don't know if it's my personality or what, but, um, you know, I had mentors uh, and great spiritual directors my whole life. And, and I, maybe I take that back. Probably in my mid-teens is when I really um, started to develop some of these relationships. Um, as far as spiritually, uh, you know, mentorship um, or, or just good wisdom, uh, people in my lives. So I was challenged early, early on um, to a lot of these concepts that are still kind of in me and rattle around from day to day. And it doesn't mean that I am without my study on these things either. I spend a lot. I spend a lot of time. Again, this is you know me to me. I spend a lot of not not that I'm just simply always working on myself. That's not it. Just self actualizing myself to death. That's that's not it. But you know, I was just reading some uh, Thomas Merton. If you don't know who Thomas Merton is, buy everything that he's ever written because it's wonderful. I was just reading some Thomas Merton today, and he was talking about love and uh, just deeply, deeply challenged. To love, man, um, because there's people out there that are still in my life, and I'm still challenged to love, and love at a deeper level, and to really sacrificially give myself in some way. So I am also receiving, and they are also receiving. So all these things that I do on the podcast are really me challenging myself, and then really mulling them over, and then chucking them back out, like last week's Remove Contempt podcast. Because the deal is is real, man. Like I I still have the tinges of contempt that rattle in my bones about certain people, places, and things, without a doubt. And if you hang out with me for any amount of time, you kind of get where I go. Uh, as I as I know and hear myself, and as it comes out of me. So um, I'm glad you're on journey with me. Anyway, I'm glad you're with me. <laughs> I'm glad there are people out there that think. I don't want to have to hear this bullshit. This is too much to think about. All right, so your moral high ground or practicing justice and mercy. Um, and a lot of these things you can find on my on my daily uh, email or my daily blog blog that I put out too. So I, you know, I rip off my my podcasts are basically me um, ripping off my own blog. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the podcasts are original. <laughs> to the podcast. They're usually original to my email blasts uh, in, my, in my blog. Um, I tell people, be weary. Because listen, we're in a time, for the record, great offense and cancel culturing is a, or, you know, the, the whole cancel cultural culture is a thing. You say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing, or maybe you're the right thing. 
Maybe you're the right thing and you're out. Uh, but definitely if there's the appearance of injustice at all, and it doesn't matter if, it, if that's right or wrong, it doesn't. If there's an appearance, you're done. People lose their jobs. People lose their relationships. People lose their lives for even inferring the quote-unquote wrong thing. So I'm going at it from another perspective. I'm sitting at a balcony view going, hey, what what the hell? Like Everybody, let's really be careful about what we're doing here. Because if you're caught up in any way in choosing sides, right, wrong, up, down, left, right, today is the challenge for you. Today is the challenge of really thinking about what you are, in fact, locked to ideologically, maybe politically, maybe as a, as a theology. So all theologies are in play today. And how we stand on our own moral high ground, I'm right, you're wrong, or our own certainty where we want to push an ideology into the world and we want to prove and convince it at any cost. So I tell people, be weary, wary, be afraid of, be concerned with that prepubescent push to demonize. I want everybody to watch this. And I say prepubescent because we're, we're talking about maturity at the end of the day. If you're watching people or if you are people that are demonizing, and I don't care what it is, even the most egregious thing, I want you to stand back and understand what you're doing. Either you or somebody else. Are you watching somebody demonize somebody, something, some place? Did you get it? Are you thinking it yet? Who in your life are you demonizing? Is somebody else a demon? And maybe they're demonizing you. But I want us to be weary of that. I want us to be cautious and careful and, 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 and considerate and, and attentive to it. Because we have got to stand up at some point and start holding up a stop sign to the demonization of every damn thing that comes in front of us. It does not suit a loving graceful purpose. It doesn't. Seeking justice is a long haul, not drive-through satisfaction. It's, it's not, seeking justice is long haul. It's not drive-through satisfaction. And for the record, seeking justice and that practice is built on the backs of those who appear to be the en enemy. So let me do this all again, because I want you to get it. Seeking justice is long haul, not drive-through satisfaction. Built on the backs of those who appear to be an, an enemy. So it's in, in certainty land, you got to have an enemy. In most religions, there's an enemy. There's the devil. There's the other side. There's those who don't believe. There's the non-believer. How many Christians, cr Christians out there, real quickly, you can test your thing real quick. How many of you refer to a certain class of people as non-believers? Oh, they don't believe. They aren't believers. It's like we immediately go to a, to a, a place that, that we devalue in certainty. And for the record, we're talking about seeking justice. We're talking about mercy. We're talking about standing on your moral high ground and being real damn careful about the words you choose. 
based on the judgments that you're throwing out into the world today. That's what we're talking about. So I, I just want you to know that justice is not going to be today necessarily for any given thing that you're pining to make sure somebody's hanging on a cross for too. This is long haul because justice needs to be practiced and it needs to be practiced with grace and mercy and forgiveness and love. We can't just rush and start chopping bits off of people to simply prove our ideological or certain point. So let's have some patience. Let's have some big patience. Change. Because we're talking about change. Everybody's talking about change. We want change. We want change. We want change. Well, change can look like Vesuvius, right? Mount Vesuvius. This massive eruption, and within hours, everybody dead. Or it can look like a teaching a kid to read. So it can look like Mount Vesuvius killing everybody in a couple hours, or it can look like teaching a child to read. Both have an outcome. One seeks destruction, another seeks wisdom for the future, and must have an application of patience to it. One just simply gets destructive. One just simply destroys everything in its path. Another is looking for wisdom, a future, and in that there's a patience that needs to be had. So again, change, any good change, is going to have a patience to it. It's going to have a, I don't even want to say waiting period, because waiting period sounds like we're sitting around twiddling thumbs. Change should have an activation to it, an underlying current of work, an underlying current of maybe even work that looks, you know, Maybe, maybe even it looks like you're on the margins, right? Maybe it even looks like you're the guy way over there. But you're working diligently for wisdom, for the future, for the idea that something present will grow later. So be very careful about how, how we want change and when we want it. Demanding change is, is not a thing. Demanding change is it like I want it now? Well, sure, okay, sure. You have it now, but there's a patience, there's a slow growth over the course of a long haul where we change. And that's just how it goes with human beings. I hate to say it, but that's the way it is. It's a reality of the universe. How's that? How about me writing? How about me stapling into the universe today a universal fact? <laughs> Who the hell are you, dude? Words like love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness are like du jour, right? But those words usually come after blood has hit the street. They don't come before it. But this is, this is what I'm talking about, the activation. Change. We can have it fast and it can be destructive. Or change. We can go at it with a slow, methodical, wise pace and plan something for the future. But those words... Like, I want you to do it in your own life, and I want you to hear where it's coming from. Are you hearing words? Are you speaking words like love, grace, compassion, forgiveness only after the fact that we're cleaning up blood? Or are you doing words like love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness before the, before the, the opportunity of blood? Where are you at? Can we lead with love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness? Instead of this idea of the Mount Vesuvius change thing, let's go... Yeah, see, I almost dropped the F. Before we get in there and 
destroy and kill and maim, demonize and cancel. Where are you in those words? Love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness. Are you pre-insanity? Like, hey guys, let's, let's framework the change. Let's framework what we need to framework for the future in love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness. Versus, let's mop up the blood and the flesh and the bone, and then we'll do those words. These are real things, man. Every faith community in this country right now is, is plotting their course on what those words are and where we live them out. You know? I mean, I, 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 mean, we're, I mean, we're talking about some uncertain times that have a value to them. Where are we? Often on the journey to justice, or I should say, often on the journey to mercy, right? We seek the moral high ground, sniping those less traveled, right? Oh, you aren't us. You don't know. As a result, we create the same carnage we are trying to achieve justice for. So as we, so as we march down the street, the metaphorical street, as we look to change, as we look to gravitate to systems that are just better off for people out of oppression, help the marginalized, help those on the corners of, the, of, 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 our, of our culture. Our moral high ground starts to run off us like a stink in a teenager. And we start taking pot shots at the people less traveled. As the kids are saying, less awoke, less, less alive, less, less, less woke. And it sounds like heavy criticism. And it sounds like violence, frankly. It sounds like violence. For all you non-violent people out there that are using you know, words that are just as powerful as you taking an ax to somebody's head. Like, what are you doing? Let's watch it. Let's be careful. Let's help people awaken. Let's help people to the idea of what freedom from oppression means. Let's help them in there. Because the only thing that we're doing when we get in and cancel, when we get in and demonize, when we get in and just rip limb to limb, Number one, we're not being patient, so we're being destructive. And number two, there's carnage. And in that carnage, it's like that's the thing you're trying to avoid to begin with. That's the thing you're marching against to begin with. That's the thing that you're protesting to begin with. And again, I'm not frameworking this. I'm not hanging this on the wall because... Police are bad or police are good. Or just or, or just the idea that there's a there's some social unrest. I, I'm I want to go a little bit deeper here, man, and really test people's idea of love and faith and what justice is and what mercy is versus ideological stances that are kicking everybody's asses. We must be born again, said a very wise man. All right? Talking about the Jesus. He was murdered for his nonviolent push to free the world from its oppression. From your oppression. Here's Jesus' thought. See new, hear new, create new systems that free people from the glaring human imprisonment 
of exclusion of self, community, and spirit. Jesus wasn't pushing. I mean, you know, the, the argument is to be made that Jesus was political. And yes, I understand the argument. I understand that Jesus was political. I got it. He talked to political people. He wanted to make his dent into a, an imperialistic society and a fateful you know, ideological structure that was oppressing people. I get it. There was a there is a political thing there, right? I I totally understand it. And you can all, you know, get put your damn robes on and go fucking hide in the mountains and and talk about this until your your lips are blue. Go ahead. Feel free. But at the end of the day, Jesus is looking us at us, wanting to free us from our own critical self-judgments and cultural assumptions, not only of ourselves, but of everybody else. And he's doing that through the movement of love. He's doing that through the movement of mercy. He's doing that through the movement of justice. He's helping us, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really understand what we are captive to. The prodigal son parable, and if you don't know it, read it today. You're not going to get stuck and mired in some spiritual cobweb. The prodigal son story is about one guy who decides to, you know, who, who, who decides to face his father and you know, almost steal from him and leave and make a jackass out of his life. While there's another son in the story, too, who's an older son who just lives in contempt. The father in the story is, is God. The sons in the story are you and I. I mean, it gets real simple, real quick. So we don't need to bloviate who and what Jesus was as much as we have to take into a, to understanding how we are loving, how we are holding compassion, mercy, and grace, and how we are practicing justice in 2020. And maybe we do it through those lenses. Maybe we do it through those eyes instead of just these certain, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm going to rip you to pieces eyes. And it's been coming for a while. Jesus asked us to employ mercy. That's what he did. So I'll ask you, are you employing mercy? Are you, are you, are you, able, to, are you able to process mercy? Are you able to even, to even understand it to somebody else, for somebody else? For a system, are you able to have mercy? What does having mercy mean for you? What does it mean? How are you able to hold it? It's not just Jesus's. It's not just God's. It's not just the divines sitting out there going, hey, I'm the mercy conduit. Plug into me every now and then. He'd like you to have it. He'd like you to implement it, employ it in your life. What does that mean? How can you have mercy for somebody who is making your life hell? How can you have mercy for somebody who's oppressing you? How can you have mercy for somebody who is willingly treating you less than? And does having mercy and employing and implementing mercy mean that you can build new structures to get the hell away from it? Or on the other hand, are you willingly setting up shop on your higher ground, making sure that all your 
ideological, moralistic tattoos are clearly visible to all who scroll past your life. So are you employing mercy or are you willingly setting up shop on your higher ground? Making sure everybody can see all those little moral tattoos, all those high ground tattoos, that they're super visible as people roll by your life. Because my good people, we need to be careful. We need faceless, raceless, anonymous leaders right now willing to stay in the long haul for justice and mercy. If you want to go, you know, be loud about it, go be loud about it. I don't think, I don't think anybody's got a problem with the fact that we should be able to talk about this. And maybe, maybe they do. Maybe you're listening and you got a problem with mercy and justice. Maybe you do. And you need to go check yourself even more. But so, you know, because I can hear the voices coming back to me. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? How do we do it? What do we do? What do we do? How do we do it? And I understand and I get it. I get it. Here's five things that you can do. And again, I'm not the five things guy, but this is just the way this thing has been going. Are you looking through empathetic eyes, loving eyes, forgiving hearts? Anything going on in the world right now, whether it's social injustice, reaction to COVID-19, your church, your work, your friends, your mom and dad, you, you in the mirror, are you looking through empathetic eyes, loving eyes, forgiving hearts? Where are those words before your attack or after your attack? Are they before your attack or after your attack? Is it possible to live in empathy, love, and forgiveness? Is it possible for you? Are you following the tenets and wisdom of your faith? Or are you employing ideology and dogmatic thinking to love? Basically, are you waging a war of ideology? And I'm talking for people who aren't even in the faith world right now. Because there are certain ideologies that the world holds very, very close to their chest. They're all a bunch of bullshit. But are you allowing and following the tenets of your wisdom tradition, your religion per se, or your faith per se? Are you following them? Jesus asks us to love. You're Christian. Jesus asks you to dig deep, my brothers and sister. Dig deep and to love and to forgive. Everybody. Yes, it may take a lifetime, but he's asking you to do that. He's asking you to protect the marginalized, to free the oppressed. He's asking you to make structures and systems that are based on community and not financial gain. Oof. Or are you waging a war of ideology? Number three, where is your sense of forgiveness? Number four, are you locking into certainty? Are you on the winning end or arguing for the convincing or simply to be right? Because if that's your idea of justice, certainty, you know that justice statue with the blind chick holding the little things? That's pretty good. Certainty is going to screw you all the time. 
So if your justice is certain, you are most likely anchored to the world. And when you're anchored to the world, man, there's very little hope. That's all there is to it. When you're anchored to the world, there's very little hope. When you're anchored to certainty, you literally put yourself above the divine. When you're anchored to certainty, there's no creative ability in you. When you're anchored to certainty, most everybody's wrong, except for your little tribe. And you're constantly fighting and exhausted from arguing and exhausted from their wrong and your right. Number five, do you know the other side? Do you know the people on the other side? Does you know the people on the other side? If you're fighting a cause, do you know the people on the other side of the cause? If you're right and they're wrong, do you know the wrong ones? Do you know them? What's their name? Steve and Mary? Do you know who Steve and Mary are? Do you know where they go to school or who their kids are or where they live? Have you been to their neighborhood? Have you been to their church, synagogue, or temple, or mosque? Do you know their God? If you're a Christian and you know Hindu folks and you don't discover who their gods are, shame on you. If you're a Christian and you know a Buddhist and the only thing you're trying to do is to get that Buddhist to know your Jesus, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? You should know who the Buddha is. Do you know the people on the other side? If you're hating Black Lives Matter right now, do you know them? And Black Lives Matter people, if you're hating the people that hate you, do you know them? And you can't just ideologically say yes, either of you. Well, yeah, I know them because. Are you practicing justice and mercy? Are you practicing justice and mercy? Both of those two are huge and weighty and should contemplatively move you into a spot where you are going to get outside of yourself. And that's basically what we're doing today. Your moral high ground needs you to evacuate the building and to start looking beyond yourself and into the needs of others. The needs of the oppressed, the needs of the people who've got needs, the needs on the cultural edge, the needs that, 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 that from the homeless to the extremely wealthy who are lonely as hell. All great, great things to think about. I don't know what we did on this podcast, but we did something. I appreciate good people. Thank you very much for being a part of this podcast. Again, don't know what we did, but we did something. If you're looking for a nonprofit to give to, please consider Tabletop Ministries. We provide spiritual direction for those who can't afford traditional levels of therapy and counseling and all that kind of stuff. And we do it through spiritual direction. What is spiritual direction? Huh, <laughs> I got the answer. Go to jrman.com, jrmahon.com. There's a button that says spiritual direction and hit it. And you'll learn more about spiritual direction. Spiritual Direction saved my life, period, end of story. And um, I have no doubt it will save yours. Next week, I don't know what we'll do. We're going to do something cool. If you need me, names, numbers, ats, DMs, all the appropriate 
business is online. Instagram and Facebook. Hey, like and subscribe to this podcast, will you please? I mean, it's what people do. They say like and subscribe. So stop this and like and subscribe. I love you.